podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. You are listening to Good Brothers. As always, please take the best part for yourself. Peace. Peace. I'm Jesse. Just Raji, what's happening, my brother? Man, look, let me tell you, it is, it is the seventh day of Black History Month, and um, I figured, or we figured, that it would be maybe point in time to take a look and talk about Black History Month. Um, what it mean, what it look like, you know, right now. And as I always like to remind people, um, just to, to, to forward, you set the foreground for this conversation, is that Black History Month arose from black people doing something for themselves mm. for their own benefit mm. and I, I know people make jokes in the comedy and there'll probably be some jokes in this conversation um but i just like to reaffirm that the origin of black history month did not start with some benevolent uh you know person of European descent. It ain't start with white people, people being it ain't start with white people being nice, right? <laughs> I think I think it's important to start that and, and state that when it comes to uh, a whole host of things with our people, frankly, right now. Um yeah. so I I'm I'm a thousand percent with you. Yeah, I mean, because that that's always the, the, the subtext I feel of this with black people like why would I, I do black history every year. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, I got it, dog. I, I understand you extra double you read about Sojourner Truth every month, not just in February, but the 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 reality of like because other people um and we'll get to this, I think maybe. Um yeah, so let me hold that and just go, what's something just at this moment, just coming into black people, like what's some of the, your like his initial thoughts about this, just in the context of what we've been going through, you know, since this time more or less last year. And what's happening and, and, and all the things and pandemic, you know, the, the tumult, as it were, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying, in the wake of the occurrence and the, and the murders and the deaths of, uh, you know, George Floyd, Brown Taylor, Mount Arbery. Uh, yeah. I mean, so one thing I want to touch on with that, you know, again, this is uh, my bill, a little bit touchy, might be a touchy podcast for some folks. Hey. But I think, you know, I think the world, Obviously, when looking at the murder of George Floyd was um, justifiably, everyone over the world was justifiably angry at what they saw. And we saw the buildup of, you could argue, 400 years, you could argue 50 years, just depending on whatever your twist is, right? 400 years, 50 years, 10 years of whatever, of, of, around black folks and dying specifically on camera, right? Which I think is a very unique part of this conversation but that I'll touch on mm-hmm. when it comes to Black History Month. Like, black people have been dying, but black people started dying, dying on camera about 30 years ago, or mm-hmm. be getting beaten up on camera about 30 years ago, dying on right. camera maybe 10 years ago, right? So, 
six to 10 years ago. So I think there's a different kind of conversation um, that emerges when that happens um, very much like the civil rights movement and how, you know, when it was broadcasted around the world, the United States was not in a position of strength to go and tell other people what to do. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with that, this black history month, it's only seven days in. So I'll, you know, uh, be gracious. It just feels like month nine or month eight of white people being scared around black people. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it doesn't feel like it's like, oh, Black History Month. It feels like we better talk about black history or give somebody black some money because it's Black History Month and they're going to talk about we ain't good enough and we ain't, we ain't woke enough. <laughs> Right. It it doesn't feel I mean, you know, and I know we'll touch deeper on it a little later, but it doesn't feel like that kind of self-developed, self-oriented vision that then others connect to. It feels Mm -hmm. like very how do we check the boxes and make sure that we acknowledge black people. And I think black folks are trying to think about how do you have Black History Month during a time where it's like there's this broader call for change and shift, right? And what does it mean to to kind of celebrate the past? And then when kind of what's the past in in a time where past is prologue now, like what does it mean to celebrate who doing what, meaning what? In a time before, I think, again, because it was more uh, self-developed, in, in coming again from a time, you know, that we had to assert and affirm our own history because it, by and large, was not only ignored, but actually actively hidden and actively mm-hmm. blocked, which I think are just right. differences, right? So, right. Yeah. I, um, I spent some time actually thinking about, because we... We were like, oh, we should do some, you know what I mean, like uh, some of our family parent organizing and family organizing here. Like, yo, we should do something for Black History Month. And and it's like, and then, like the kids want to do something, like from the schools. Like, they, oh, yeah, we need a, like a, some kind of, simple, like, you know what I mean? Like, right, we need to do some sort of signifying activity, right? And, and it's a very, it's interesting, like, you know, it's like you end up looking at Black History Month, like from a third perspective, like 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 it's happening and it's like other people oh look it's like you know like the commercial come on with the, you know with the kente cloth and, and the deep voice so much <laughs> you know what I'm saying and and then you see like and it's like you know we you know like some, some like you know proud black person crossing their arms after doing making something or <laughs> something somebody or like moving their business forward like whatever like positive image you know some you know entity or corporate vehicle you know what I mean, or bring forward or like, you know, maybe a declaration about something like, you know, and it'll be like, like, I guess I'm like, I guess it's cool. Right. Like, I mean, you know, and then, but then I'm like, like, I don't ask y'all to do none of that. Like, I I don't know if none of that helps me, it helps me personally. Right. With understanding and, and, you know, and, you know, history and context and learning and, and definitely, you know, justice as, you know, person with a history, degree in history is definitely like, y'all don't really enjoy studying history because studying history ain't always celebratory, right? It, it sometimes right. it's just learning the details and, and you can find, you know, I find joy in the understanding of, of the, whatever happened, right? Of the events or the, or, or the subject matter and seeing the answer, but it may not be this like triumphant moment, right? And there's a piece I came across 
and I was, you know, I didn't read it all the way. I was actually reading it last night before I had to handle some other things. And um, the New York Times and the sister sort of was writing about, um, I'll post that in the, in the notes, kind of like the weight of the way we talk about, you know, black historical figures. And is that shit, is it, is it fair to like kind of put all this sort of like triumphant narrative of change and this and that on them? And even in the way we, we, we cons- you know, as I saw at least where it was at, and it's sort of the way we consume the past, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and I, I will say that for, you know, we tend to look for heroes, mm-hmm. right? And so like we were, even in our liberations, or like what would be a good signifying event, we kind of got into this conversation about like, I don't want to, I don't really want to, I don't want to do something and push people to like go watch something sad <laughs> or engage in something, you know, like, oh, this is, I mean, this is history, but ooh, it's, no, it's no fun here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, in the right. name of sort of like, uh, you know, deeper understanding of, of black people or black moments. And at the same time, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's healthy to like avoid studying things but like just as an example like i remember maybe in the middle of january you know especially when i started rechecking email um saying email like somebody oh we're putting together some stuff for black history month and it was like oh yeah we need some topics and it was like like the first three things i think i might have mentioned this in another conversation but like racism gentrification it was like yo i don't want to why 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 am i gonna take extra time to study that (laughs) <laughs> like I do I study that all the time. Like I have a twenty-four hour day daily job studying the ramifications of you know saying the, the activation of racist public policy as it pertains to the life the life outcomes of the families and young people that I serve, the family and young people I'm a part of. Like this is I'm steeped in that. I don't right. need to spend like an extra week in black history, but going to a lecture about that, right? You know what I'm saying? And it, it, it just got me thinking about it. like, well, what, what, you know, what would, what would be more meaningful? And, and I, and I worry that sort of our own, our own conversation about us becomes this like ongoing, you know, policy debrief of like black pain and suffering and shit. And then, and, and then someone telling us how dignified and, 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 and all these different fantastic morals and virtues we've showed in the light of the, of the, Never since, never stating in the light of the heinous violence <laughs> of those around us, right. but just sort of like going like, oh man, everything you know. I think you know some people thought about with um, Henry Aaron, you know, uh, passing last month, like um, mentioning him and talking about how upstanding and dignified he was, while not saying how brutal people treated him, particularly white people. Right. Like it, 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 you're not actually like you, you're kind of you're making this great thing about him and who he was while acting like the context that made him have to be that way. <laughs> right. It's not well, to be mentioned. Well, I think that's the, that's the challenge with the dichotomous relationship of, um, kind of like system hero system villain dialogue. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, and again, I think there's a conversation in our communities where at one point it was like, okay, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, El Hassan Shabazz, Marcus Garvey, Louis Latimer, the fact that George Washington Carver made everything out of everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. but that was a level of, again, 
going back to the systems, to your point, though, reinforcing our humanity in a system that does not affirm our humanity. Now we're in a converse, we're in month eight of a constant conversation about the system not reinforcing our humanity. So to your point, now it feels like, okay, so we're going to talk again about <laughs> the thing that we just talked about. We're going to talk about the fact that, like, you know what I mean? Like, are you going to talk about the fact that, like, uh, you know, health disparities killed black folks a long time ago and experiments did, which is why black folks don't want to take the, you know, the vaccine now? Like, is that is that what you want to talk about for black history? Right? Or yeah. to your point, or to your point, do you want to talk about this black person who persevered with all the struggles against them as a hero to be seen lifting them up and talking nothing about the content which they context in which they come from. Right. One of my challenges is we look at black history about people versus places or people versus ideas or people versus even communities. I saw something about like black Caribbeans in the Harlem Renaissance. Right. And I thought that was interesting because then it, it takes it out of just this one person and says, Hey, here was a community of people who connected to this Harlem Renaissance in a unique way, which mm-hmm. is, which is good for us to think about. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like that's good for us to think about, but if you just make it about individual people, you're either, like I said, a hero or here's the problem. You create this dichotomy, which again, in, 19, in, in 1987 or 1985, when Elder Barge and them were singing, celebrate, king, celebrate. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's fine. <laughs> we were trying to tell our kids to make sure that they didn't mess up the perspective of Martin Luther King, right? But now it, it just, it, it feels different. And going back to your point, how much of it is motivated by the interest of engaging and telling the world about black people, not just black people, right? That's an, another challenge I think we have in this time where I would argue, even though we know black history is world history, I shouldn't even have to say that, but you know, for, <laughs> for, the, for the sake of it, um, you know, a lot of black history month was about black people knowing about who black people were. Once again, it was for us. It was, it was early FUBU, right? It was for us and by yeah, yeah, it was absolutely. It was definitely like, hey, like, you know, I know, I know you, people, what you've experienced is painted a world, whereas if the only one you appeared out of the ether in chains somewhere in the lowlands of South Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's right. that's where you came from. <laughs> I mean, it's like, no, 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 actually, there's a, there's a rich, there's a whole, there's a whole world that you know, not only predates this, the current, you know, what we've, what the people you're descended from experience here, but there's actually, there's actively an other world happening. <laughs> right. And, and, people, and people that look like you are doing different things, you know, and, and to say nothing, and to say nothing about the fact that there were actually black people who did things not in America that you should care about too, which is a whole yeah. other conversation, right? That there mm-hmm. actually were black people who went other places. There's actually a place where a whole bunch of black people, it's called Brazil, Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? To say nothing about actually Africa. Like, you know what I mean? So right. yeah, black people went to France and did stuff. And you know what you buy should kinda know about it. But again, we can't have a conversation about the negritude moment, negritude movement, but we're having a conversation about like how dehumanizing is it to experience gentrification during the time of COVID. Mm. Right? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't think about that, but the context of thinking about 
the the goal of Black History Month, not just its original goal, but then its practical goal up until relatively recently. And then how is it being used and how does it stand out um, in this time going forward for our community and then also broadly in the, in the broader sense for the world? Mm-hmm. So yourself, like, <clears throat> so I remember, like I always, I mean, it comes every year and as I've worked in schools and, and educational spaces and things like, you know, in programmatic you know, spaces, it, it, it comes up every year, like, okay, what we going to, you know, what are we going to do or what are we going to make sure our families connect with or, you know, whatever, whatever. But I, I also wonder at this moment and I, and I, you know, I try to, you know, to the degree that I can use, you know, the Twitterverse or, you know, other, you know, pipelines to young people, whether that be my kids or, um, you know, folks, I was young, young people <laughs> that, you know, we work with as a, just to get a, you know, temperature test on like, what, what are y'all thinking? Right. Like what's showing up for them, you know, but then it, it got me thinking about like, you know, I remember, you know, elementary school, black history month being, you know, we would, you know, maybe the, the, the bulletin board would have, you know, all the, all the, all the black heroes up on it. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. maybe you get like the, you know, now, you know, I had a couple of years never I had pretty dope, you know, black teachers, which I was, you know, fortunate to have. So it was, it, those ones didn't feel, I guess inauthentic or, you know, not healthy, so to speak. Um, but this sort of like, I, I wonder like how the folks handle it these days, like, and how are, you know, you know, I don't know if millennials is the right generational construct, but like, how do they experience it? Like, are they excited? Are they like, mm, black history might just that bullshit when they're going to try to act like they care about me. You know, like that, right, 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 that the right, energy right. they coming with, or is it? Yeah, you know I mean, because because you know when you when you read up on Carter G. Woodson and and the, and and basically the Harlem Renaissance crew, <laughs> you know, right. related to this, you know, that like the energy was, yo, let's put on educational stuff for our community, right? Yeah, you know I mean, and and I think the thing that's interesting sometimes when you're trying to do something that is shedding light or teaching people about whatever, you know, the, the subject matter. It, it, you know, like me saying to some young people, Hey man, I want to have, do y'all know about the, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like the, um, what's it? The, uh, the, what's the name Marines in the war of 1812, like the British, like the black, you know what I'm saying? From some enslaved, some freedmen who joined British because the British was like, look, if you join us, Will you be free after the war is over? You know what right. I'm saying? So they enlisted and they like and then looking into them, you know, fighting in the Maryland Eastern Shore. And you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that may that might not like somebody I can see where someone could frame that in this, like, yeah, but we still ended up in persecution. So I don't even want to learn about that. Right? Oh, right. Absolutely. And, 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 and I wonder though, for me as a person as a one as a historian and other words, like, no, wait, 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 wait. Like, don't worry, we don't gotta talk about the present right now. <laughs> do you know what happened with this? Do you understand like the decision-making, like what happened to those, some of those, to some of them guys, did they, did they achieve freedom? Did they end up, you know what I mean? So like, you know, you could have a family, somebody ended up in the Bahamas, you know what I'm saying? Or Trinidad, you know what I mean? Or, or London or Manchester or something. And, but in reality, you know, reality, they was like, dude, they could be your cousins. Like your, you know, right. several cousins once removed, but right, you know right, I mean, right. like, there's a context there to me that's I would be curious about, but I could also see somebody be like, "Why is somebody going to put on a 
talk about the war 1812. We are gonna struggle right. for our lives, brother. Right, right. and make it make them wear make them wear like a red hat and a, and a red suit as they fighting. And you know what I'm saying? Like like that Christmas addicts outfit they used to have people put on. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, Christmas addicts. I, I, it took me a while to learn about the complexity of Christmas addicts, right? Which I think yeah. gets to your point. Um, it's really about a broader knowledge of self um, and an awareness of where you stand in history. Um, I don't want to paint it with a broad brush, but I think one of the challenges is that uh, you know younger people are embracing parts of our history and people within our history and events with our history that kind of the mainstreaming of the black community maybe didn't touch on. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, we talked about Baldwin, but a lot of times we just was like, Oh, it's James Baldwin. He's an amazing writer. Right. Where this generation is like, he was LGBTQ. Right. Like they're like, they're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're framing him and one could argue in his fullness. Right. Where we just put him in the black pantheon. <laughs> right, right. 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 Or, you know, people may have talked about Fannie Lou Hamer, but it's like, you know, people are now being like, yo, y'all let Fannie Lou Hamer out when y'all talked about all these men in the black. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. I think like anything, people are kind of trying to look for that which wasn't talked about, which I think is good. The broader mm-hmm. challenge is, did we even talk about the other people? are we talking about it all enough right yeah. because I, because i think there's a lot missing i mean i think you know uh whatever framework that everyone had of booker t washington versus the boys we know generally just stinks like you just didn't know enough about either of them right mm-hmm. you just don't know the power of either of them yeah. you know and so if you ever wanted to posit them versus each other you just don't know enough uh, the idea of repatriation of uh, and and the, the again the relationship of the Caribbean to um, you know Marcus Garvey uh, we just don't know enough so we don't know enough about so much that then it makes the old history look one dimensional and so the people are looking for the multi dimensional recent history right mm-hmm. or the present and so then we kind of lose a broader sense of self about like. Literally, how do we get here? Not like boats and ships, right? But like literally in the sojourn in America, in the relationship of the sojourn in America to however many people, to mm-hmm. the indigenous people, to, you know, uh, what some call that Latinx people. I want to respect that there's a, you know, there's a, a yeah, there's, tension in that community. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's not a, a, a fully, oh. everybody don't see it the same. Yeah, everybody don't see it the same in relationship to white folks which I know sometimes makes get people to shakes, but we've got to have, there is some conversation about black history, money, content in relationship to white folks. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, and so, um, you know, cause I think only with that, when you really see us not as just like this siloed community that you really see our, our, our true, frankly, Americanness, right. Like I think gangs in New York and the whole idea where tap dancing came from and in the jig and like that whole idea of the interaction between, the black and Irish dancing and what that created in coming to America. I mean, just as a one example of so many jazz, an example of our full Americanness. And I don't mean that in the sense of like some of this new stuff that's coming out, but I mean it in a sense of like, no, this is part of this country's history. But when we aren't telling the broader story 
in a way that lends itself for people to understanding. We're only telling it again in the struggle of, well, what you going to do for me since you didn't tell my whole story. Right. And so we may or may not be doing as much in our own communities. And so one, obviously, uh, COVID itself shifts an entire dialogue around engagement and relationship as far as like in-person stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think has always been a really powerful element of, of discussing Black History Month. Um, owing to its origin, like you said, about teaching our own people about our history. Um, but then there's also just the kind of the the new space we're at, which I think um, is, is, is good and it's challenging. And, you know, one of the things that I was going to share and I talk about a little bit here is just this idea of impact versus scale and making sure that that we're balanced on the the spectrum of impact versus scale. Hmm. Um, You know, I think that the, I mean, we don't got to delay to get into that. Let me just add just one thought. Um, you know, as you were saying, she was adding on about, you know, I always think about, you know, we, 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 we have at this moment, we have a very public kind of thing of like, at least as I see it, of like what someone's analysis of what's happening with whatever, you know, phenomena or thing that's happening in our society. And sometimes you can have a conversation where you're looking at the analysis in terms of like answers of like what to do, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to, as a set of like almost findings to look at and then see within those, those findings, like, okay, what, what here, what is this, what is this study of this particular phenomena telling me about what's happening? Right. I'm not making any decisions about it yet. I'm not saying whether I agree or disagree with it. I'm not taking it and then say, Oh, because of this, I need to do that now. Right. Which is, you know, typically the way we end up talking about things in the public square. So instead of, you know, we understand within the context of a protest or or something like that where you may have, you know, a concept that you push forward, you know, such as the defund the police or Black Lives Matter or uh, you know, whatever whatever the whatever the um the, the people that tried to bum rush the Capitol and our traders was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, the our, yeah, tradition is, you know what I'm saying? When our indigenous, you know, the water keepers, when they out there and they, when they're speaking to, you know, the, the realities, the concepts of protecting the water, right? You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a big concept, right? Of saying I'm, we need to protect the water, you know, in the very specific context of protecting it from this pipeline, you know what I mean? But it's also part of a bigger idea about port water protection and land and way land is used, way land's not used. Um, and so, me thinking about Black History Month as like a, a moment and, and the way we do our own ongoing sort of analysis body of, of blackness, you know what I'm saying, you know, present, past, future, you know, it, it impacts your perception, impacts your decision making, it impacts what you think is, you know, right or wrong, so to speak, as it pertains to black people. Um, and, I, and I think it sort of is sort of the place right now where we have some of these, you know, these these tensions sometimes that go unsaid and sometimes are quite stated you know what i'm saying even in community around like what are we doing right because you know we we even like the, the the context of the kind of the woke conversation is that played out and bubbled through the macro society was about this idea that there was a body of knowledge and an analysis that would make you woke and then you should have a certain defined response 
And then mm-hmm. you didn't have that defined response. You were not woke. And it's like, well, is that an accurate way to look at the data, right? Or whatever you've studied or however you've compiled the findings of what's going on in this situation. Um, you know, if you, and, and to me, the danger in not having some of these different details and understanding of, of stuff that might seem innocuous about the past or, or not relevant, right? Where somebody said, well, why, why do we need to know about that individual? I mean, what did they do? Right. You'll hit, they'll hit you with that. What did they do? And then mm-hmm. be like, well, I don't know what they did. Do you know anything about them? Right. Do you know where they're from? What uh, part of the world they were in? Um, you know, there may be something within that that points us to what we need to know. Right. About that right. time or that place. Right. So that's the that's the power of, you know, personal narratives. You know what I'm saying? If you had a, a relative that, you know, happened to have a journal, you know, from a, another age and you were able to access that journal, you can access an understanding of their time that you could never get by studying, you know, I mean, I like, I love Eric Foner's work. You know what I'm saying? As a historian, you know, U S historian, you wouldn't be able to get that. Like that's, that's what a, like a real historian, they get into that stuff to then try to like cross reference that with, okay, these people, we got these journals, they was writing this, these, these, you know, you having a little reading group where y'all making little like story, making notes every week and say, sharing them. You actually also are capturing thought. <laughs> Mm-hmm. of your age you know what i'm saying and, and I, I don't know if people think about knowledge and, and interacting with information in that way so they may think it's not valuable if it's not very like what's the action what are we about to do with it I'm like i don't know what we're gonna do with it yet <laughs> but we should record right. these thoughts <laughs> we should know what's right. going on and just sometimes it's good and this is a broader sense of black history in the context of our sojourn in america even though you know i, I just said something <laughs> i said something different 15 minutes ago don't worry about that um, <laughs> but we do need to know what were people experiencing and what were they seeing, right? Like, were they seeing something in the thirties very similar to what you see now? And what, and is that a systemic issue, right? Is that, a, is that systems, is that a systems thing as far as like the actual systems or that a systems thing as far as how people saw the world and see the world and what, mm-hmm. and what does that mean? Right. What, what can you take from that? What can you take from the levels of success that already were achieved as in, from an individual perspective that might not have been achieved from a collective perspective. And how can you connect that today where you could have a situation where these companies are giving up money, like it's Brewster's millions, right? If everybody that, you know, uh, we'll get, we're about to link for Brewster's millions, right? Like, you know, uh, one of the, one of the Richard Pryor's, I wouldn't say best, but damn sure funny is in his own way. Um, um, but you know, like, what can we take from the fact that that happened before? What can we take from the fact that there was a time you had a lot of doctors or, you know, my fate, my personal favorite slash situation, which is black wall street, right? Mm -hmm. Which is all these black wall streets and why, why can't we do it again? And then you ask the question, why can't you do it again? Living 30 miles from other black people. Now that's not a knock. It's just Mm -hmm. saying, let's be real about how black wall streets and, and black Main Street districts came together and how they did. They came together because mm-hmm. you couldn't go nowhere else. You could not spend your money anywhere else, right? So therefore, let's just have a broader dialogue around what that means. And we've talked before about the whole how long money stays in the community. But just the reality of that is, listen, yeah, because they all had to live together in the neighborhoods. They were redlined, Right. 
Mm-hmm. So it's easy. So we want to talk about the history of creating this thing again, but we also have to talk about what are you willing to do to make that history real again? And do you want the other parameters of what Black Wall Streets were? Do you want the other elements of what it meant to have this, but can't do business other places, can only use four banks, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I think, to your point, the broader kind of breadth of the history informs and that the fact that there are no there, you know, there are no saints here with a lot of our history. Right. Yeah. That, you know, you take people like the boys who in some ways did so much, but in some ways were so callous around other things with our community. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you just take a lot of people where on one level they did such great things. And I was like, oh, man, that kind of stunk. But that's uh, all of us are human. Some shit we do stinks, right? Like, so, (laughs) and we shouldn't be trying to not present people that they shit stinks so that we don't learn how to make ours maybe stink a little less or maybe stink up the room a little less, right? Right. So, finding an efficient uh, system for getting the stinky. Getting the stink out, getting the smoke out of the room, right? So, (laughs) I just think that that's really, really the important part of that, like the why, right? Like, Mm -hmm. asking the why. But again, I think it's a shift in our communities where we're starting to ask the why. And it's not a bad thing that we're asking the why. I just think we have to engage it appropriately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And that goes into my conversation around impact versus scale. Right. Because it's like if you're being de- largely being defined by a couple sets of neighborhoods all across the country, and then we've identified that it's important to share this information with each other. So we see ourselves better in a space that does its best not to see us as human right then that's why we tell this hero story because mm. we've had enough of not being human we want to tell a hero story we want our own heroes like everybody's got their own heroes and never tells anything about them right mm-hmm. so you have a context of us having that conversation and then trying to have and trying to maximize the benefits and maximize the power and the impact of sharing that information with a group of people who are not being told about themselves. Then obviously, as we get into different spaces, you know, one of the things I always talk about is for me as a, you know, adolescent and high school student, Black History Month meant, you know, 50% off of McDonald's for the entire month. I said, look, I'm going to tell you something. McDonald's was, they was early. They was smart, man. They was like, it's your time. <laughs> it's, your, it's your heritage. Yeah, it's your heritage. It's your history. So proud. Right on. So proud. <laughs> know yourself, brother. And you know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, I mean, chicken sandwich and a flayed fish sandwich, buy one, get one at 50% off. Buy one, get one free. It was killing McDonald's as a, as a high school kid, man. Fries. <laughs> Fries with all your flay fishes and shit, man. Like, you know, it was like Burger King, they ain't do that. You know what I mean? But I mean, to be true, frankly, that was because McDonald's had, uh, you know, they had folks not just working there, but they had franchisees and they were ahead yeah. of understanding, you know, you better take advantage of and get people in here and put this kente yeah. cloth, put this kente cloth on the, uh, in front. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when it's black history, uh-huh. right? Right, right. I, I was saying, like, I haven't. I, I, I have the book. I started reading the book, but I, you know, it's good. It's back in the backlog on the, um, you know, what I'm saying the impact of the the black franchisees and you know coming out of the '60s and '70s. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm sure somewhere in there, you know, what I'm saying, it, 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 you know, there's 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 a, there's a piece of that that is due to the influence of those uh, individuals. 
You know what I mean? But I think the um, it's like I remember that too, and I, and I forgot that they did have a discount. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, 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 I never it didn't like now you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that was always like February because because it used to happen because my birthday's in March, so in my mind I remember like the discount would end like before my birthday. Cause then you know your birthday, you try to angle for shit. So yeah, you know I mean, I'd be like, "Hey, mom, the discount, man, we go get me some quarter pounders. What's up?" You know what I'm saying? Like, but the discount was over. The discount was was a February thing. But I've <laughs> man, you so mad. Let me tell you something. I was so mad. February 27th, man. I was mad as a mother was February 27th, man, because that meant them free fries and them chicken sandwiches. That was coming to an end, man. And my money ain't go nearly as far. You know what I mean? Like, I used to get all the black papers. And you get the Tribune and all the different black papers in Philly. And just, man, hold on. They got the McDonald's choice in there. Hold on, see. Right. My papa go, you know what I mean? He go, like, down north. I get the ones on down 52nd Street, 60th Street. We gonna, we gonna get this, man. We gonna, we gonna get McDonald's for everything they owe. That was reparations. You know what I'm <laughs> pay us back. They you take pay care of us with your flavors and fries. Yeah, right. Uh, if only I knew. But, yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> if only I knew. Yeah, right. The joke's on you, Jack. But, um, <laughs> but I was just saying, like, so you had this level of what you consider impact when you went to some sort of gym, right? You went to some sort of gym or rec center in the community. And somebody mm-hmm. put an event on, and you know, the the, celebration. It was uh, sponsored by you know Budweiser or the. That's right. The, the yeah. or like, that's I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, like a sports team or yeah, yeah. Sports team or, or just like somebody's brewery, somebody's like you know, somebody selling beer, right? <laughs> um, because you know they wanted to shout you out as you bring, came, came aboard a six pack. But then it was like the brothers and sisters would do something in, like I said, a gym or a rec center. And it's like, okay, we're going to hear from Brother Naimak Bar, or, you know what I'm saying? We're going to hear from Angus Wilson, or we go hear from somebody about why history is so important. They're going to sell black books, right? So it was like a, a space and time where it was like for impact. And now, I would say as a broader conversation, we are now having a scale dialogue, right? So we're not having the, like, in the gym or rec center on the Saturday, third Saturday, you know what I mean, um, with the Black Dance Ensemble and the ballet, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and somebody brought a poem from Langston Hughes, right, mm-hmm. and, and half off chicken sandwiches. Right. Now we're talking about this broader sense of what does Black History Month mean in a time of global awareness about a racial reckoning, right? So it's almost like, what do you gain with scale and what do you lose with scale? Right. And like, so that's the thing for me that there's some of this stuff that for our children, it's just like, okay, yeah, this happened and this happened. Okay, cool. But like, no, but she, she should understand about Lewis Latimer. And it's like, okay, yeah. Okay. I get that. But like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. with the, with the impact that we had, and then I guess my challenge very similar to my relationship with Kwanzaa in a sense of like, Again, when you had people sitting in a church basement and celebrating these things, trying to assert our humanity and say that there were good things that came out of came out of Africa, African inspired, our African inspired sojourn in America versus now I can go get a car to CVS or get a Kwanzaa gift. Right. I can get a, you know what I'm saying? I can get one of the <laughs> gifts to move around that had a canard moving around. Right. And so, you know, I'm going to be an old curmudgeon. So I get it. Um, yeah. But well, I think there's something there though, because and it's you know maybe a very me way to feel about it, but it like it, it does expose at scale. It exposes something like cognitively that's like 
this isn't enough. <laughs> right. right. Like, th- like this is good. It isn't enough. But but it is good. <laughs> and right. then so then you but like you know what I mean like I think when you you get to a place with it and you go, you know, you could if we flooded the month and it was like, man, I got every day I got a different lecture to give to the young people and we're doing it every day for black history month, we're going in. And then I mean maybe that would be enough. I don't know. But you right. would you would some part of you goes like, yeah, even if we have like a whole lot of like really dope learning events and celebratory events and maybe the kid young people do some connection they do some hands-on stuff you know whatever 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 happens whatever activities of learning and and and, and the expression or, or remind remembering and reminding of, of you know your legacy of competence and excellence it won't be enough because these other things are still jacked up over here they're like you know they may be outside of your immediate cognitive bounds but it's like it's not enough. And so then you can be like, well, why even do it? Why, does, why don't we just talk about that we normally do it and then let's just go on with whatever stuff we had to do. You know what I'm saying? Or, um, you know, I wonder if sometimes, you know, and then and just generally the way almost like, uh, uh, you know, when, when the macro society picks up something that was ours, that we start to lose interest in it. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? We're just like, ah, oh, you know, like... You know, you know yeah, yeah. They, pick they pick up the jazz, we kind of like, ah, jazz, man, we on to this funk. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they pick up the funk, we like, oh, man, we on to this, you know what I'm saying? We on to uh, this, you know, electro jazz funk. You know what I'm saying? No, no, you're on to something. I think you're, I think you're really on to something there because I do think about it on the sense of, like, how we are often the first adopters. And then in our community, there's something where, like, you did it, and then when other people that you didn't think were as cool as you started to find out about it, you didn't think it was cool no more, even if it comes to something like that we all should have. Like, we have to argue we all should know about our history. Everyone on the globe should know our history, right? It's part of our humanity. But it's almost like, okay, that's what y'all doing? Okay, I did that in the 90s. (laughs) Y'all got that. Y'all got that. Y'all got that. You know, but it's like, okay, yeah, but it's still people who need to have that. So no, I do think there's something to be said there as well as again, when you have generations who have been more born into functioning in American society in a certain way, mm-hmm. the, our ex, the expectation, I would say, you know, generation X's were kind of like in the middle of that where it's like, we still remember deep disengagement, but we came of age in a time where there was higher engagement. Right. So we remember a time when like, your neighborhood didn't get this or your snow didn't get picked up or this happened or land child murders, et cetera. Right. Yeah. But then it's like, by the time you came of age, you know, hip hop was on MTV. You see what I'm saying? So you like, you came of age in a time where black culture started to penetrate mainstream, mainstream culture in a very interesting way. So I think anyone post us has this very interesting expectation of mainstream society versus our communities having to kind of create these constructs on our own. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so once you have generations who are like, no Hallmark should do a black history month card. Right. Home. I mean, like you should have black Panther when, when I had sun man, you know what I'm saying? Like I had the, you know, the comic book of, you know, the, the brother from Kemet that was coming to bring light to the rest of the world, right? So like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I do think there's something there. There is something generational about the 
role of something in people's relationship to it. I just think that the challenge starts to be, well, has the situation changed or is the way we're looking at the situation different? Because I would argue there's not fewer people, fewer black people who need to know about ourselves or fewer people globally Mm -hmm. who need to know. It's just if we're all expecting that mainstream society and mainstream institutions are going to largely be the facilitators of it, then what should be the outcome? Mm -hmm. You know, which I think gets to the crux of my kind of thing. Yeah, and and I do think that 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 you know because from from let me know if I go you know off the, off the rail a little bit, but but I do think from from the scale of all of this perspective, right? You can I know that I regularly people sometimes I flummox people with the why does justice know about that? People <laughs> like start talking about something. I'll be like, oh, that's the blah, blah, blah. now I'll be like, and they'll be like, what the hell? Where did you read? And I'll be like, I was in the book, man. I don't know. I read it. That's all. I was, I was curious. I want to know why. You know what I mean? Um, and at times, I realize that other people that you know, the world exists, and then they engage it. They're not necessarily concerned, you know, with the backstory. Um, and so when we are looking at this, and then it's like, yeah, like you know, corporate America's like, yo, we know what we need to do Black History Month coming up. You know, we we got to jump on it. You know what I mean? I, my my own you know hypothesis on Black History Month and the way that it has, what it has become in our society is a bigger thing to me. And I'm sure, you know, I, I mean, I've read different things that kind of point to sort of the smoke, no, no, there's no smoking gun conversation, so to speak, moment. But generally that it was like, well, we need to do something because they still mad, you know, coming in out of the late last, you know, after the assassination of Dr. King and other sort of as like the capstone turning moment. You know, and 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 then eventually, you know, the, the collapse of the Panthers as we understand them at their their apex, you know, by seventy one, seventy two, it was like, well, you know, what we could do. They had this thing called Black History Month, <laughs> right. and we just we could just start pushing it. Yeah, you know I mean, like we'll have a corporate event, we'll we'll have a something internally where we talk about, you know, the three black executives that we hired, you know to look like we give a damn about hiring black people as corporate America, which black corporate America still does not hire black people. Just so everybody remembers that. Um, they don't just so I'm say it again. Cause for the people in the back. Um, and, and then like, you know, and then us seeing that we're like, Oh, they over there acting like they give a damn about it. I don't really know if I want to, I don't know if I want to participate no more. You know what I'm saying? Or I don't know right. if, how, I, how should I orient to it? Right. And, you know, and it could be something that, you know, and I I know that people do things, right? People still put together events and and, and learnings and, and these things. I don't know if there's a I don't I don't feel there's a a I feel like more of the tide of the culture is to not really it is to go more I do black history every day. Like I ain't really into the Black History. Black History must for y'all. Like I mean, we've all seen the comic, and 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 to a degree it is. But then it's like actually, bro, the comic, the comic is wrong because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't for them. It wasn't for anyone external. It was for us, and other people joined right as a way. And then other people say, yeah, we should have a, this other culture's history month. And and this women's, you know, and and then it's it's it, it is a operational device within our society, sort of like the time that signifies awareness around whatever topic issue. Blah, blah, you know, you name it. 
right? So this is a, a construct that we understand in our macro society, Breast Cancer Awareness Month to Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the no, November number, and, and it is, you know what I mean? All of these are in the same thread of thinking that, oh, we will signify a place on the calendar. And then, you know, it, it is a functional sort of development strategy around any, you know, uh, you know, public campaign or cause to designate a place where you go, we want to raise the awareness about this. You know what I'm saying? You know, we want to go into the, the, the uh, <laughs> coming to America reference, you know, Jackson Heights, you know, we got to have the, this what's named awareness month to build up the, build up the community center. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Miss Lisa from the what's name going to come here and, and the beautiful daughters of our own McDowell, like you want to get up on stage. Like these are ideas that we understand. And, and I think that there's something that happens with this, where you, you you want it feels out of your hands, right? I think, and and I think I think to me that's sort of the scale thing. Where it's like, oh, this shit is all over. Like it's it, it's done gone so so many places. I don't know. It seems like too much. I'm just gonna. I will. You know, maybe there's a film festival, and I'll see if I could go catch a movie. <laughs> right? Like I see if I could jump in somewhere on it. But I I I, I am not, um, you know, mapping out my own engagement. You know, what I mean, with that information and, um. It, it, you know, I, I, I would like to see or return or be a part of more. So, so just something. So I'm going to do, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm talking to by like I did like a black history little class for like the kids and that we've been doing organizing with last summer. And I'm going to do something at the end of the month. You know, and we just have a conversation about, you know, history. I don't know if I may have a topic. I've got to do a little bit of work so I can get there. You know what I mean? Because it, it is, well, one, I was asked because young people enjoyed it. They had fun talking about history with me. And I like talking about it. So I want to do it again. Um, mm-hmm. Right. But, and that's a, that's a little small, that's, that's our, our little thing. You know, but there is a collective value if if folks are having these things where it's like, yo, we're doing something fun about us you know, for our own benefit, you know what I'm saying? And other people may, may or may not watch. I just, I were, I wonder, I don't know what the right pathway is to the impact. I don't know, catching up sort of with the scale of things. Well, I think, but I think here's the interesting thing here. Like it's, it's both and right. Like, Mm -hmm. I think if, you know, sometimes you want to go small to go back big again, or you want to have something small that, you know, uh, uh, and the, the cool hove restores the filling after Snoop came and crushed the buildings, right? Right? And like, you know what I mean? Like you want to have something that is is very impactful while all the other stuff is going on, then that's fine. I think sometimes we all get into this either or conversation, which again goes back to the hero or villain, person mm-hmm. or system. Um, the boys or Booker T, L. Malik Shabazz or Martin Luther King. You see what I'm saying? Like uh, Vernon Jordan and and, and and Ron Brown and them versus the Panthers, right? We get into this thing of like, except like the, the broader vision of all of it. All of it does something. Not one of them do, does everything, right? Mm-hmm. But all of it does something. So I think it's really finding out where we do it because I think there's something to be said for the kind of impactful engagement around a neighborhood's history and your family's history, right? Which I think is really important parts of black history. Because again, part of the challenge of us, you know, where black folks are doing as everyone else in the country does, we live at a lot of places, right? And we're not all living in 
Harlem and, and East Trenton and, you know what I mean, Bronzeville and South L.A. and South Philly, like, you know, U Street. That we're, we're not all doing that anymore, right? So with that comes how do you kind of – so it was easy to talk about those places because it was like, hey, we're going to talk about, you know, these people from this neighborhood or this city as part of black history. Well, that's a little different now because you got kids growing up and then what relationship do they have to those places? Um, mm-hmm. But I think there is something to be said for family history. There's something to be said for a city's history, and and, and you know what I mean. And then or or topics history, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, like if, like if a young person is into science, or young person's into botany, or young person's into military strategy, they frame it for them for that. Versus just this, like, here's the eight people you should know about. And then someone else is like, well, here's the eight, 18 people they didn't tell you about because they didn't want you to know about these people. Mm-hmm. Right? We're like, here's the, here, here's the frameworking. And then here's how a community shares information to complement, and this is important, all the other things. Mm-hmm. Because what we can do sometimes, and I've said this before about a lot of different stuff, we can make ourselves museums. Mm-hmm. We can be like, look at what Duke Ellington did. Now you see it sometimes when you go to DC in particular. It's like, look at what U Street was, and it's like, but it's no black people around, right? right. So we're telling, we're, we're really this is a museum, and some people might say a mausoleum. And so right. I think that it's important for us to have that living form. Of, of, of history where it's like, okay, this is, this is what's happening, but black history is still being made. If something happened in 1990, guess what? That was 30 years ago now. It's okay. yeah, like, no, right? that is not a uh, recent fact. No, it's not a recent <laughs> fact. I thought about it. If, if, if when we was coming up, if somebody told you something in 85 and they told you about something happened 30 years ago, it was 55. Right. Right. <laughs> And now, for the same time, like you know, like you know, you know, the, our younger babies are young. Like, yeah, okay, if you're 14 and you hear about something that happened in 1990, you were not even a glimmer in anyone's eye in 1990. Like, you, they're, they're like, they're like, y'all had cell phones then? Like, yeah, really. that's, that's real. Black, that's, that's MC Hammer's real black history, Jack. <laughs> so you know, like, and I'm not, I'm being funny, but kind of serious in the sense that you know, we can forget the power of what hammer meant to the record industry in the same way. Now that we give so much credit to black folks who broke into, you know, Chuck Berry's and the, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the fact that MC hammer figured out a way to put on certain pants and dance and turn it into however many millions of dollars and had a Kentucky fried chicken deal and a cartoon shit. He paid the way for everybody now that feels like that's the norm, Right. Not not trying to go too too far with it, but even dig this right. When Doom returned recently, right, MF Doom, everyone mm-hmm. talks about he had this opportunity on Cartoon Network, right? Cool. Does that happen without Hammer starting with doing cartoons in the nineties? Probably not. Right, with the whole idea of like taking voiceovers and taking these like dark black black voiceovers, and again, it gets more niche markets. I'm not trying to draw a direct line. But you know what I mean? Like a lot of stuff we take for granted now on Cartoon Network, even if they're slightly adult cartoons. Yeah. yeah. It starts because yeah. of this idea of just this is broader interest because now you got people who are adults who've been watching cartoons their whole life. 
Right. I mean, uh, I mean, I think just even to add a layer to that to think about it. I mean, even Doom as an artist, his his life, his creative thread line goes back to that age, right? Like he, yeah. he I mean, for well, some people, absolutely. they know they experience him have MF Doom, and then you know later somebody told him that he's have Love Exit, you know, and then and the whole idea with KMD, blah 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 blah, right? So they may look at it in in, in that. So I know that people know that, but. There's a lot of people who probably may not. They may not. They may not make that thread. They may not. You know, make that relationship between you know gas face. You know what I'm saying? And 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 uh the uh even the other different ways that you know our generation as young people the way we consumed entertainment, right? Like you know we we are the the generation that that really kept watching cartoons like way longer than anybody else <laughs> before. Like you know Mickey, like our parents' generation knew about Mickey Mouse, but I don't think they was really Watching Mickey Mouse for themselves, right? It wasn't acceptable. It was not acceptable to watch a cartoon past a certain time. It's like yeah. video games. It's like video games, right? <laughs> like at some point, adults, you know what I mean? Like we, you know, adults have been like, okay, so once you get past this age, you should put that down, brother. Where now it's like the, it's a huge, it's, it's a huge industry, right? Like, you know, shit. I play FIFA. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know what I mean? It's a little different than shooting people, but it's still a game. But but right, right. I mean, I think to to this po- this broader point, there there are through ways that are not like in black and white photos. You see what I'm saying? And I think that's important for us all to to put into context because sometimes, again, our framework and I think the slightly show the best of our people, uh, like our kind of people, element of Black History Month. Right, mm-hmm. was show the best of our people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And so yeah, we're still doing that, and I think that's fine. But some stuff just makes history, and maybe that story doesn't end like you wanted to end. Right? Maybe right. it's a cautionary tale, but it's still a story. So if Hammer loses all of his money and then comes back as a tech investor now, right? I don't know. I think that's actually still a winning story. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean. Look, that's that's. I mean, one. I, I think the and I and I think we struggle with this. The, the the reality of speaking to that most of us, most of us, whatever happens to us when we're young in our our context, most of us are going to live long enough to have multiple phases of our lives, whether they be good, bad, triumphant. Uh, you know the 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 they, whether they lead to fabulous wealth or just a consistent you know peaceful hopefully healthy life, right? Well, I I get the sense sometimes that, especially I think our generation hasn't. I don't think we like talking about how old we are or something. Mm. And what like I don't feel like I mean I think it's starting to come. I think it's I think it's in there in some of the TV shows like Snowfall and Blackish and. Uh, the John, the other, the other show I can't think of. It's in ATL. It's in these some of these different movies. It start, you know, it's there. The pieces of like we had a very specific experience, you know, from if you was a, of our age coming through the eighties and seventies, eighties, nineties. Um, but I think there's still a lot more that could be shared. I think that when you do do some study and you 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 like all the intellectual labor, which the benefit of having this many black academics, you know, although, you know, we've talked about times sort of like how prominent black academics have become in the last, yeah. you know, 20 years. And, and even in many ways where some of the people who would have been political leaders, maybe or something else in a different time, that's where they at. 
there's great value in the analysis that they they're doing in some of their work. Not everybody, you know, some people work. I'm like, eh, yeah, keep to yourself next time, you know, but I appreciate you for working on it. Like mm-hmm. there's when we are doing these other things, you know, when you look, when you can maybe have that contextual study of like what's happened with your family or your neighborhood, or your block where you come from. Right. But then when you when you go for that other data that somebody else did that labor, you can be like, oh, snap, I can tie this into, you know, traditional African food ways and how they've dispersed <laughs> across the diaspora. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and morphed in with the, the development of the, of the post, you know, Colombian exchange. You know what I'm saying? In terms of, you know, the foods of the indigenous people of these nations engaging with the foods of the indigenous cultures of other nations. And like you can you can map all that together if you want to get there. You know what I mean? And start looking to this, like, you know, what's the future, right? What's the future that we're going to, we, we want to build to supplant, you know what I mean, the, the reality that we're in. But you still have to, like, do your part, right? You got to, like, look at your aspect, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think that Black History Month can be a place where we do that, right? We're, you know, maybe in a different and more intentional way. You know, and maybe we say, hey, Black, like, maybe we decide, you know, hundred years later almost. I mean, it's nineteen twenty six. So twenty twenty six, you know, we look at we have the, you know, are we done with Black History Month conference? <laughs> it's been a century. You know, maybe we want to change the model. Like maybe the model is like like it's officially Black History Month is done. You know what I'm saying? It's just February now. And then this other month, you know what I'm saying, whatever the new construct is. But it's like it still is meaningful to me to say, let's have that conversation. Let's let's talk about how we how do we see um you know, this may seem trivial. I mean, it is music related again, but I like I've listened to uh uh <laughs> listen to music generally, but you know, I listened to Let Me Ride a couple of months ago and then it came back. It, it, you know, and I, I had my different issues with Dr. Dre as an individual as I perceived him in, in you know many ways I still do, but definitely at that time in the nineties, and I ain't wanna like it. Mm-hmm. It's a dope ass song. I ain't saying the messages is all positive or whatever. You know, he, you know, he ain't had to call them sisters uh, skeezers at the bus stop. They were just trying to get where they had to go. What I'm <laughs> saying is, you know, I got to bear with, like, there was a moment, it was a cultural moment based on taking that, the, the, putting that music around a music style that come out the 70s, right? And it's about sort of the culture of that age and, and how we experienced it, at, you know, as children and then reinterpreted it in our, like, there's a, an analysis there that could be is dope to think about. And then also you might like the song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like that is the, you know, the importance of art. I was listening to driving back from um, home last night, um, an interview with uh, Bisa Butler. Does the, uh, the portraits with the, with the fabric and stuff. I, I want to say it's Bisa. I think it's Bisa Butler. I misbated the sister's name. I apologize. Mm-hmm. I'm getting right. No, I think it's Bisa Butler. Yeah. And in the part of the interview, she was talking about like, you know, she would do, she started doing these portraits and things of family. Right. And family, friends and community folks that she knew. And then when she wanted to go broader, like realizing that there was still something in like seeing these archive, like archival photos of you know black people, different ages, different times. And then she adds, you know, these other layers of like, you know, she's making it. She's not just recreating the look. But you also like may try to use the fabrics of that time. You know what I'm saying? And the styles of that time to tell, you know, to, to, to bring that like bring the life those people and how they saw the world and, and their, but also then their relationship to us now. And it's like, you know, that's ill. That's the, I mean, that, that in many ways, and, and, you know, in terms of art creation is as much sampling as, you know, doing that with music or whatever and picking up some of the energy and the time of a different thing, but also to, to, to see 
it reminds you of the past, but also think about what will come of it, you know, what will come next. And I think that that if if we I think it's important to maintain the idea like the future is made, you know I me mean, from what you're doing now. You know I mean, but it is impacted by what how you understand what got you here, <laughs> and, and you got to find some way to, to balance that nexus and keep that rotation going. And um, you know, I, I think art is always a good vehicle for that, um, or art as we call it now. Where in other ages we may have called it, you know, some, some other like oh, they're, they're, they're doing some type of, you know what I'm saying they might have called it something more. Uh, would we would frame as religious or spiritual in right, some right, sense, right? right, 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 right. We would have maybe framed it differently in another age. That's not the way we frame those acts where you're reinterpreting reality or interpreting some piece of reality to share something that you're thinking or feeling or whatever that you look, look at this thing I made or feel this stuff I talked about or listen to me sing this thing or eat this, eat this, <laughs> eat this. Nah, listen, you got to eat it. Listen, it's going to take you right back. To, oh, man, I feel like I'm five again. Like, yeah, I'm saying like these are the right, things right. that humans do. The aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the aesthetic. It, it takes you back to that, the, you know, I think it, whether hip-hop and porn has framed stuff for, like, the ecstasy <laughs> or, like, R&B songs. It's like ecstasy. But it's like <laughs> being ecstatic and being taken to another mental and emotional state, to your point, is very normalized in other societies. And even yeah. to the point of, like, we easily talk about that when we say the runner's high, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, the, the 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 buzz you get from working out or the buzz you get from being connected to people and hearing a song, right? Like we, we normalize it in some senses, but then make it really distant in others. So I appreciate you sharing it like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, you know, all that said, man, you, you doing any speeches for Black History Month? You gonna go there and drop some, drop some science? <laughs> you know, they ain't invite Majestic to no conferences. Hey, they invite me to no I'm not, but I'm not angry you didn't invite me because I gotta continue to get on Zooms and, you know, I know people be doing the mullet outfit where it's like all business up top and, you know, party on the bottom, but I, I don't get down like that. Like, I can't, I can't put no shirt and tie on. And then have a pair of shorts on, like you know what I'm saying? Like you just tuck it in your gym shorts. No, man, it don't feel right, man. It feels like yeah. what are you doing, man? So you know, you feel like a Jay Z back in the day with like a suit jacket on and a big pair of jeans and a pair right. of sneakers. <laughs> so like you know, um, so no, but I mean, I, I think again, I think you know, the important part of this for me, and I have learned, I learned about um, I forget the brother's name right now, but he was um. The first person in Ohio to go for his law to uh, to be accepted on in the bar, mm-hmm. um, uh, he went to Oberlin College. His last name was Langston. Forgetting his uh, other, I'll send you. But and then he actually went down to be the first black person in Virginia in the House of Representatives. Um, he went. He was the um, co-founded the law department at Howard, and then eventually went to become the president of Virginia State University. Mm. And Langston uh, University in Oklahoma is named after him, right? So I did, you know, I think the role of black folks in academics um, is something that's underplayed and specifically with HBCUs, like what would it really meant to have to create this infrastructure of being able to survive via education in a rapidly changing environment. Um, and again, sometimes we just go Mary McLeod Bethune, Right. <laughs> As if like Bethune Cookman was the only place that like somebody created, right? Obviously, right. with a black woman, she deserves all respect in the world. But I'm saying, like, 
there were a lot of people, black women and men, black men and women who were participatory in developing the infrastructure that we now know as HBCUs, as well as creating a space for black folks to attend predominantly white institutions in a time where that was absolute hell. Right. So, you know, I I have learned some things and and I think this year is almost like the year you, you, the year you take to think about something. (laughs) <laughs> like, like the year you take off to like think about it, like oh, you know, let me think about what I'm gonna do next year. This is the, yeah, that's, yeah. this is uh, that that month for me. I just want to tell everybody, man. You know, uh, I don't eat it no more, but y'all missed out on the McDonald's uh, <laughs> coupons, <laughs> man. The coupons, the two, yeah. the two for ones, man. The, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The tallow fries and the chicken sandwiches and the filet fish sandwiches, man. <laughs> want to let y'all know. You know, I know Black History Month ain't. You know, y'all don't want it to. You know. Be be as like you know, callow, but uh, you missed out on that callow. You missed out on that callow element as as well as the Budweiser uh, Kings and Queens of Africa. That's my. Far as I'm concerned, Hannibal is that dude. He's got yeah. the tusks, big ass <laughs> sword and shit. Yeah, the beard and shit. You know what I'm saying that's how he rolled. That's what Hannibal looked like to me. I don't want to yeah. hear nothing about no other images of Hannibal. It was that brother <laughs> going over the Alps. You know what I'm saying. He was black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was black and black too. It was it wasn't it wasn't no mistaking that he was a man of African descent. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't no like, well, he might be, you know, you start having you know, because these days people will have these conversations and they get all, you know what I mean? I bet, look, man, if you was on the continent of Africa, you black, you African. That's 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 the that's how this works. He was born, that's where you from, right? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I was born on the banks of the Delaware River. Like, I don't get to be like, well, I'm actually from the land. Of you know what I mean? Like, no, that's where I was. That's, where, that's how I, when I started out, that's where I came out. At, you know what I'm saying? Like, I might have did some other things, but damn, like, let's, let's not make this too deep. You know what I'm saying? People are like, I ain't no American. I'm a socialist. Well, you was born in America, dog. You, you American as a motherfucker. And shit. I was, you know, I ain't trying to disparage you or nothing. Like, don't call me that, man. Don't take revolution. I'm like, all right. Cool, cool. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it, it's <laughs> they'll never know what it was like. I mean, I imagine they must. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what goes on in them places in that store these days. They might have something. I would never know because I don't be over there. But you know, they could be hiding all of the the, the riches and freedom <laughs> in the playground at the McDonald's, and I would never get it because <laughs> I, I ain't in there. I'm like, damn, we could have been free. <laughs> Put it in the, they put it in the McDonald's. Damn, man. Put it in McDonald's. Put it, they put it in the library in McDonald's so you wouldn't go get it. <laughs> they put it in the library for other people. They put it in the library that they black people don't read, which is a damn lie. And for us, they put it in the they put it in the McDonald's bathroom because you won't find you won't get there. Yeah, I ain't going in there. That'd be, that's, that's how they get it. Oh, cold piece. So um yeah, man. Well guys, I think uh I think we at the right spot. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for adding on with me that day. As always, man. Thank you, my brother. All right. So with that, we'll say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, Majestic, for joining me again. Thank you to you for listening. Ash Old Head is a creative project created by me, myself, uh, produced, at least in this part, you know, with my good brother, Majestic. Uh, But otherwise, it's a one-man creative show. Uh, hopefully our conversation brought something of use and value to you uh, you can support the podcast by sharing you know with a friend family somebody you care about uh, you can also support the podcast by grabbing a uh, you know a sweatshirt from the Etsy shop or you know becoming a patron on patreon 
and put in a regular contribution, you know, to allow us to, or me and us and we, to work to keep bringing this uh, content, so to speak, to the web. Um, as we go through the month of Black History Month and every month, please, you know, always take the best part for yourself. Make time for the ones that you love. Study hard and, um, you know, study earnestly. Other than that, uh, I think we can go ahead and let it go. So um, thank you for listening once again, and peace.